Would you like some cheese? Did you just offer me cheese? Yes, I did. I'd love some cheese. Thank you. Do you get your kicks on Route 66? This is Shogun in the Morning, episode 66. Shogun, how you doing? I'm up here, man. I'm out in um, Syracuse. This might be one of back-to-back shows that I do remotely, and most likely the next one you'll be doing re- remotely. So we'll see, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, we're recording uh, on a Sunday night. Uh, if I'm if I'm talking low. It's because uh, it's a Sunday night. It's August uh, 29th. August 29th, 2021. We're rock and rolling. Um, we are days away from, I don't know how I think up here, days away from me and Shug in Chicago. Yes. But at the same time, Shug is in. I'm at the New York State Fair. Um, they didn't do it last year, but. We're back at it this year. Um, it's a little bit scaled down from the last time I was here in 2019, but still overall, good time walking around, seeing people, different people, wearing masks, some not wearing masks, but I'm vaxxed up and I'm masked up, so I don't got to worry about any of that stuff. I just do my part, as we usually do. I will say one thing, that I was – I've been maxed up masked up for a year and a half and uh i went to a wedding i was in out on the island i was in my own little uh you know out in somewhere else from the city in new york rikers and um yeah i don't know just for a day just for if i go to rikers i'm there for life like i'll I'll never get out i'd be like you gotta get me out of here you gotta get me out no no um no i went to a great wedding and um you know we were running late so I'm always late. My sister, my future sister-in-law is always late, but she drives like a stallion. And um, but we're at a red light. And I'm like, all right, all right, just, you know, stop. I was like, you know, the red light's here. Then I know where I see, like, I see James Corden come out. And I know where he's hopping over. No, I'm kidding. James Corden and this whole Cinderella bullshit. If that happened, we nah. would be... It was like a whole gang <laughs> of people. I can't, right I can't stand. It's like it was like Billy Porter, James Corden, Camilla Cabello, all people that hate black people, including Billy Porter, who is black. But you know, this is not doing us any any type of service. But hey, that's a story for another day. I don't know. That's all aside. Um, well, I'll cover, I'll I cover black Amanda. people business so so Michael doesn't have to. <laughs> All right. Well, I cover, cover like both bases for both of us. Yeah. So when, you know, when it's like Irish, serve it up and then back and road. When it's like Irish people stuff, I'll stay out and let you just do your spiel. Speaking of, they they did um Dropkick yeah. Murphy's was was on performing 
and then um i think they were like doing a sound check and then they they had like the bagpipes uh like my brother was like oh my god like classic uh, patties that's a terrible that's a terrible instrument and i was just like ooh imagine if mike heard that <laughs> no th- but picture like a uh, like a field like right. uh, a thousand years ago like a field of them just like people just like on so on not even horses because they, they didn't have horses they had horses then i don't know dad anyway just like that's some old bullshit you know you know, I like it when I like it. Nah, he's Scottish. He's he killed us. Oh. He he slaughtered the Irish. There goes my ignorance. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. You don't have to know all that stuff because it's all good. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's awesome that you guys you, you're up there and uh, you know upstate. No one upstate New York doesn't get enough credit. Like, you know, the day shit they. They don't, they disown the city. Mm-hmm. We don't want to be in the city, but we're also like, oh, we're Westchester, but we're like, we're not upstate. That's upstate. Syracuse is upstate. Uh, if you go over here, um, that's like almost like Ohio and like Connecticut. I mean, um, Canada, uh, Buffalo is like crazy far away. Mm-hmm. But uh, you're up there now. You're in some like uh, Michael Scott's scenario you're doing some uh uh thunder mifflin job right now um over recording late and uh, i'm glad we're getting this in uh i'm only working tomorrow i'm only working tomorrow and then we'll be doing our legit trip i have a day and a half and then we'll be doing our route 66 for real going to chicago Oh, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen in Chicago, guy? Yeah. Uh, you know, we got we got everything going on here. Hopefully, yeah. fun stuff. Yeah, all good stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but we got a lot to talk about. Uh, something else. Yeah. Um. Today, I guess, because like I haven't really been looking at my phone, but. Just found out like Ed Asner, who mm-hmm. a lot of people know from Mary Tyler Moore, um, passed away today at 91. And it's like he's been around forever. Great television actor. Mm-hmm. I think I believe he did some movies, but I know him from like his voice work because he played Ed Wunsler on the Boondocks, who is kind of like the big wig. Um, you know, the, the white guy that the old white guy that owned everything in the town where um the Freemans were living. Uh he just had some of the, like the best lines of the series. Like he would quote black movies, but it was like this old white dude mm-hmm. like quoting the Mac. Um but yeah, he, he will be missed. And it's funny because I was watching like the history uh, of sitcoms and he was just on it and he popped up and he was, you know, he was talking about Mary Tyler Moore and um, a couple of other shows that he did. And I was like, wow, like, well, he's going to be around forever. But apparently that wasn't the case. Yeah. Well, we got to show respect to Mary Tyler Moore as well. MTM. If you go MTM, MTM, that whole thing with uh, MGM where, you know, the you have the, the lion, the MGM lion, right? It's like a famous thing. Mm-hmm. MT, uh, Mary Tyler Moore had um, the cat, a little kitty cat, and that's like one of the earliest memories I have of, of like um, production company 
slides at the end of an episode that taxi um things from like the late 70s early 80s when i was in the early 90s um because i think like the things from like the 50s they didn't really like embrace it once they once they get into like syndication they didn't really bring it up uh like dave van dyke didn't really have one uh but mtm mary tyler moore productions uh they had how many sitcoms they had uh our uh spinoffs you had rhoda you had phyllis you had uh all this other stuff even the other guy the the other guy had a show too so you had that ed asner and he was on uh curb he had a nice little uh, role on curb once and uh he was very uh, supportive of like political stuff that's why i remember him too uh, recently yeah um that yeah, happened today uh, as we record today uh but a lot of things happened also this week uh just like update stuff uh, something that we talked about almost five months ago uh just to get out you know just to mention everything uh the little nas x thing we can bring up um that happened a couple of days ago. Uh, it was based on something, another guy that we like, uh, Tony Hawk, the Wolverine guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, we always make jokes, but Tony Hawk was always the guy that we would make jokes about, like if it was the race war, <laughs> just yeah. the guy you'd be afraid to, you'd be afraid. <laughs> thanks, for the, thanks for the hesitation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks for that station. Yeah. 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 Well, the long and short of it is, uh, as as if you listened before or if you haven't been living on the rock, um, Lil Nas X he tried to come out with some Air Maxes with the Nike logo and everything, and it had, you know, Satan six six six, and it actually had his blood like included in it somehow, some way, and it was like a thousand pairs or something like that but nike put out like a stop and this is and of course it was like a lot of like uproar about it but um i don't think the uproar was about him having his blood in it i think it was the the devil imagery but tony hawk mm. put out some a skateboard that um they took some of his blood and they infused it into like the deck paint Mm-hmm. on the skateboard and part of the thing about it too was that the proceeds from the skateboards that get sold are going to like part of it is going to charity and part of it is going to another foundation that he has that builds skate parks in underprivileged neighborhoods so a lot of good was coming from it on top of you know tony hawk just being out here making skateboards but he, Lil Nas X, he put out, like, a tweet saying, like, okay, where's the outrage here? Like, when I use blood, it, it's something about, like, oh, so it wasn't really about the blood or something like that. And it's like, well, duh. Because yeah, I have the, I have the, I have the tweet. It was like, now that they, now that Tony Hawk has released skateboards uh, with his blood uh, painted, you know, into the whatever, uh, there's no public outrage you know, you have a right to admit that it's more about that. You know, what, are you guys uh, are ready to, uh, you know, talk about, you know, y'all, you know, never actually worried about like the blood, or whatever. But it's more like what I said to you when we first, when this first happened was, was the imagery where it was 666, you know, it was uh, Tony Hawk is doing blood. Because you could say like blood, sweat and tears, 
you can do uh that's not a blood juice so you can just say like oh i put my blood into this and stuff and it has nothing to do with 66 they had 667 shoes and uh tony hawk is doing 100 decks and if you drive around uh, harlem or you go around different places in the city you're gonna see uh skate parks and it's like that in the last 20 years that created a whole culture of skateboarders that's like you know that's like a thing now you know it's like a whole thing it's like putting in tennis courts you know yeah but i think like the thing he was like reaching for was because a um tony hawk's white b tony hawk's straight so he's either he, he was trying to make it both a he was trying to so make the whole thing with that is that yeah. He, was, he was trying so to make like, it both a, a white block thing and then a street gay thing. And obviously, it, 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 to me, basically, that whole tweet, it confirmed what I was saying before. Like, he's more about, like, the attention and the controversy that surrounds him rather than actually, you know, making music and trying to, to, to build, you know, a persona and a following throughout respect and it was just the amount of people that um were basically like co-signing what he was saying and it's funny enough like on twitter i was seeing a lot of like oh yeah go ahead say what you like a lot of people were like going about going on and on about like supporting him um and just basically piggybacking his nonsense but the one place you know i usually go and check the comments to see you know, just to have like a good chuckle is like BuzzFeed and, you know, everybody in the BuzzFeed, I was surprised, but a majority almost like, nah, like people were offended because you were trying to be offensive um, by using satanic imagery and 666 and all that stuff. Nobody cared about the blood. Like the blood was literally, like people might be grossed out about it. Like I'm even grossed out about it a little bit with Tony Hawk's thing too but you know i think the bigger thing was that you were going out of your way to offend you know christian people and you know he's not the first especially person uh he's, he's, yeah i mean catholic especially like the whole blood thing is like a catholic thing you know for yeah. me yeah the sacrament the sacrament and he's not the first person to get something like pulled because of like religious imagery. It's just um now that it's like Christians, like Jewish people, there's obviously a lot of stuff that could be taken and you know, you could say it's anti Semitic and our stuff gets taken on. Same thing with um stuff that's offensive to Muslim people. Like I remember it was like an episode of um South Park. I mean not South Park, um Oh, it might have been South Park. That I think they no, nah, they parodied it, parodied it with Family Guy, didn't they? Where they had like the yeah. the super friends, the super religious friends, and it was like um all the different like all the different like religious like idols, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus, Muhammad, South um, Park. Buddha, all of that. Yeah. yeah, and that one got pulled, but then. Family Guy did the same thing and they didn't get pulled. And then Family Guy like kind of um did a, a parody of um a parody of it. 
to to kind of like make fun of it yeah it was a one thing into another um yeah but going same thing with that was um what what i saw was like the wording of it so uh, the actual wording of what Lil Nas X said, it's something it's something I see all the time where it's like, that's me saying like, um, I'll say like this, 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 and A. And then if you say anything about A, you'd be like, I didn't bring anything up about B, but like you left things open for you to talk about B. You know, like, I didn't bring up B. I didn't bring up B. This person brought up B. I didn't bring up A. I brought up A, but he brought up B. You know, the whole thing where it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, where it's like, oh, I'm not the one who's bringing it up. I'm just stay, I'm just stating the facts. Yeah. And if you say, like, if you try to defend or argue or just say your own, own point of view, then right away you're like, you're like, uh, it's a landmine. It's like, uh, you know, landmine of comedy that we talked about too. Yeah, yeah. And, and then you know, he did. The thing about it too. I never said like, that. Like, you'd be like, I never said that, you know, that whole thing. Yeah, the, the thing about um, Lil Nas X too is that it was Nike that pulled his shoe, that pulled the shoe because it still had like the Nike logo. It was Air Maxes. It wasn't yeah. like it was like some kind of like um, stripped down, um, off brand, no identity type of like sneaker. It was actual Nike Air Maxes. And it was under, uh, po- you know, post, yeah, post market. Very, very signature logo, post-market, very, like, you know, yeah. you know what you're looking at. You know? and, and not to, like, regurgitate the stuff we said when we talked about it before, but to a lot of people, you see a Nike logo on it, you think that it's straight from Nike because that's what I thought when they first mm-hmm. came out. Um, On top of that, Nike also pulled some sneakers a little while before that, that had like holy water from like Jerusalem and had like the cross and stuff like that. So they, they, you know, it, they want, you know, both sides where it was just like, no, like this one is too religious and this one is too like sacrilegious, but neither should be associated with our brand. So it's not something like unique to him. Yeah. And it's just something that we always talk about. And then of course, things we talk about always comes up again. And like on our new on our new shirt that is out there now, things pop up. When it always says, "Let's say it together, Shug new." But that's what something that always happens. It's always going to be something that we always talk about. It's going to pop up again. Yeah. While I fix this up, yeah. I always have to have something. I look like a uh, I look like one of these uh, white trash guys in your. Uh, I don't know. I shouldn't say it like that, but like in a little kiosk. That you guys are at right now. <laughs> um, so we had so that happened, you know. Uh, also, since we recorded uh, the Yankees, we'll get into it after. But let me just say we're going to talk about the Yankees on a tear. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, om- over a week. Um, as we record this now, it was capped off. It you know it ended, but very promising. We're going to get into that. Um, also. Um, uh, we always say we're New York centric. Uh, I've been talking to people that have been listening to our show. Thanks, thanks for listening. They say, "Oh, you're very New York centric. I like it." And I'm like, "Is that a backhand compliment?" But I'm like, "Hey, I like New York." Uh, we're going to talk about uh, ESPN. Uh, is always talking about the Knicks, the New York Knicks, and we had two vocal 
uh, talking heads for ESPN that were always talking about the Knicks in a dramatic way where it was like not about the numbers, more about like drama and stuff. Well, they're out of the picture. You know, they've been fired or released or whatever you want to say it. We'll get into that. Also, uh, (laughs) they don't live anymore on the show. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's a good that's a good song, man. That's a dramatic song. Um, But also uh, earlier this month, um, a really underrated guy. I mean, growing up, he was a big guy in my in my upbringing for film as a trying to be a filmmaker and stuff like that. Um, But Kevin Smith, they started production on Clerks 3. So we spent five and a half weeks on uh, Quentin Tarantino's novel of once upon a time in hollywood and i feel remiss i I have to bring up in a different way but kevin smith and quentin tarantino are very very 90s uh outsiders um given opportunities and there's so many similarities good and bad uh miramax a lot of things going on with them uh and they're still doing their thing in their own way. They're still, you know, some people had, sometimes they had to go towards, you know, uh, you know, corporate or whatever, but they always went back to their own voice. And uh, as Clerks 3 is coming out now or in production, uh, I think it's important that we should talk about it. Um, I have all the things. It was a big deal, very much early days of internet. Uh, and this all work. That's what we do now. It's very important. Um, but yeah, but you know, that's pretty much what we're going to talk about in episode Route sixty six because we're hitting the road. Shogs on the road. Uh, I was on the road. I'm back in the studio for a minute. Next week we'll be in Chicago. We'll see when we get anything re- in, in, recorded and stuff. Uh, but yeah, Yankees, man. Wow, twelve. What was it? Twelve. Thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah. And then they kept yeah you know, with uh, the athletics. Yeah, well the Yankees won thirteen straight games. Um, then they went out west. You know, I I was always I, I kind of felt like it would kind of uh, I had an inkling they would it would probably ended in Oakland because in recent years like Oakland uh, the Coliseum has been like a house of horrors for us. Like, I've seen them go over there and, like, get swept four straight games, uh, lose three out of four. It's always a, a four-game series. So, it's never – it's hardly ever, like, a three-game series. Um, But they had a four-game series against them. They won the first two, so I was kind of, like, optimistic for the last two games. But wasn't able to really watch last night's game. And then today's, I kind of – um. I got to see like the first couple innings and then the last couple innings. And just as I got back to the hotel, like Tony Camp had a two run home run. I kind of was, I guess, ended up being the game winning home run against um, Chad Green, who hasn't been as like uh, surefire as he was for the last few years. But you know, it is what it is. They're in a good spot to make the playoffs. Unfortunately, in those 13 games, it feels like they won 13 games and, like, the Tampa Bay Rays, like, they won, like, 11 out of 13. 
at the same time. So it's like we didn't really get to gain ground in the division. But as of the final out of the game, I think we're six games out of first place. Um, as September is about to start, and we're actually up, um, we're up four and a half games, or we were five and a half games on Oakland in as far as the wild card is concerned. And we were like two and a half in front of Boston for the first wild card. So we'll see. We got one more month of baseball to go. September is always a fun and interesting month um, with all these pennant races. So I'm, I'm excited to see how they finish this thing off. But it really does look promising. We'll see how it goes. And they're getting healthier because Glaber's coming back. Um, Kluber's coming back to start the first game against the Angels. Um, and they're being spoiled because they got the Rizzo and the Voight problem, but it's all seemed to work out because Stanton's playing in outfield, Judge has playing, been playing center field, and of course Gallo's been you know, um, playing left and right every now and again. Yeah, and it's those cute stuff like what well, you know when the game when when they when they win the Yankees win you're like all right so you have like another twenty four hours just like. Uh, you're just like in your head, you think about stuff, and they're like, you know, bring up stats from uh, like 98. Of course, you can't go, you can't bring up 98, but like they're bringing up 98, and there's like the amount of wins they've had in the last, you know, what is it like uh, 40 games? They're bringing that up, and you get so excited, but you don't want to get too excited because, you know, in the last since 2017, we've been humbled. We've been, you know, told we're going to be ready for this, and then all this stuff happened. What do you think about all these like stats? Like, what, so like, I'm more concerned about just you know getting the playoffs and just working. You know, I don't care about these stats and stuff. You know? Yeah, I mean, like, so, I mean, they they won 13 games, but they didn't really get to gain any ground on Tampa, so they kind of still have to, you know, do they have to to do their work and and try to win these games. And I guess like the most important important thing is the try to uh, get a playoff spot. Once you're in the playoffs, you know, clinch the playoff spot. And then you can work towards the division. They actually have three games. I think the last three games against Tampa. So if they just, you know, finish head-to-head and maybe get within, like, two or three games, you know, they have an opportunity to try to take the division, which is, like, a huge difference between – simply being in a wild card game and winning the division because more than likely they win the division. They're probably going to have the best record in the AL. So that means home field advantage to the whole, through the whole playoffs. Um, But they still got a lot, you know, it's crazy because they really are like um, a different team. It's like night and day. Like they, they had a, a game the other day that, I definitely was like, if this was like June, they would have definitely lost that game, and they bounced back and won it. So, uh, I think they'll they'll bounce back from these two these last two losses in Oakland, and hopefully finish off the season. Well, they have an entire month, you know, just gotta try to gain some ground on Tampa as well as just solidifying a spot in the playoffs. That's the important thing. And once you're in there, you figure it out because. My God, how many times were we were on top and then all that stuff happened? 
Um, keep talking about New York. We have uh, Sports Illustrated talking about the uh, NFL outlook. We're sending uh, the Giants winning the uh, division. I don't care about that because that means shit to me. Because I don't mean to curse, but uh, I don't know. It's like eh, I don't know. Like uh, that's when I you know I just want to see what's going on with, with the team. Like. All the like, I used to get excited about like all the stats and stuff when like you know Eli and stuff like that. But now I just want to see them in, in action. What do you think about the Giants going into this, or I mean, NFL in general too? I mean, it's a possibility they could win the division. Um, Washington, they kind of like a wild card team. Um, not the NFL wild card team, a wild card in the sense that you don't know what they're gonna do. Um, but they have like a solid defense. But every time they the Giants play them, they usually like um whip them. Uh, what? Eagles they look like they're kind of gonna be in like a rebuilding mode. They just traded for um Gardner Minshew from the Jaguars, so it looks like they're mm-hmm. not really this again. Still not giving um Jalen Hurts. The opportunity to try to um, start because they also have like Joe Flacco. So you basically have two guys who were starters in the NFL last year. I mean, Flacco kind of started because he was on the Jets and I think um, Darnold was injured. So he was kind of like a starter by like, you know, um, default. And default, the, yeah, the fact of. And then Dallas there. Um, I don't know. It doesn't look like like Doc is his his health is kind of still questionable. So who knows if if you know if he's not healthy, then of course like the division really is like wide open. But if he's healthy, like you have to say that Dallas is like the favorites. But the Giants, they like I said, they go they'll go as far as. Daniel Jones takes them because they really do have all of these weapons. And if Saquon's healthy, he could start from week one and he has a full, healthy 17-game season. Um, they got Ingram, Shepard, Galladay, um, the the kid they just drafted from Florida. Um, it, they, they got some weapons on offense. Like Evan Ingram, like if he – you know, he, he could have a year where he could probably be one of the top tight ends in the league. So, and the defense, they're coming back. Um, Patrick Grimes did an awesome job last year with the defense. Defense was carrying us last year. So, another year where, you know, their chemistry is even better. And hopefully, like, um, Jason Garrett could run the offense that he imagined running last year, it kind of got a monkey wrench, like, thrown into it when Saquon went down because Saquon's, like, so, like, everybody talks about, like, the Giants drafting him second overall, but, like, he really is, when he's healthy, he is, like, a a great runner. He catches the ball, he runs the ball, like, like, there's, like, very little he can't do on the football field. Um, except stay healthy, or well, not to put a knock on him, but he, you know, it, when he's healthy, he's he's like a useful weapon. 
And he has a he's high IQ with uh, how do you how do you, how do you watch his tape? Uh, there's a whole thing where he uh, he talks about like different like he actually does the work, you know. Yeah, which is great. Um, all right, so we're talking about the New York Giants. Uh, Sports Illustrated has given them the odds of winning the division. Um, sports media they always talk about. New York, and they always talk about the Knicks. They always have a hard on. They always have a hard on for the Knicks, and especially the ESPN crew. Uh, and during the week, um, ESPN seems to be doing a uh, cleaning house. They can be cleaning house. Max Kellerman, a guy for twenty years, we've been watching. He was the original around the horn guy. Uh, I respect him for boxing and everything. And we also have Richard Nichols, someone that we've been watching for over a dozen years um being a very vocal and very integral part of uh nba uh finals and just just sports basketball talk um they're out at espn chug what do you think about that yeah well i guess like the um technical term is like they're getting like reassigned because i think like max hellerman he's still gonna be on like the radio um because i think he has like a show I think it was in LA, but now it's like a national, a nationally broadcast show. And apparently, like, I want to say, like, him and Stephen A wasn't getting along, but I think, like, it just, like, the whole production just decided, like, it would be better to um, replace him with somebody else. So a lot of names are being dropped. Um, Michael Irving, um, Julie, uh, Irving Magic Johnson, um, uh, to, to put him up again. Well, Michael Irving has good, uh, he has good, uh, ad lib. I can see him like being a good, like, impulse and just like also good, like, reactionary and not get like heated. Like, Magic Cullen was getting bitter. He, he seemed like he was getting like kind of like, like fed, you know, and it's something you don't want to see when you're like it's supposed to be entertainment. It's also be it's also supposed to be like you know facts too. But uh, Michael Irvin was always the guy I could be like, well, what do you think about that? And then you know, little entertainment, but also facts. You know, yeah. Well, I think the thing too, like Max Hellman is just that. Um, perhaps I think seeing you know with the, you know the. The abundance of like social media and amount of like memes that were just clips of him, and it's not even like simply talking about the Knicks, but certain sound bites where he's just says these things where it just um it doesn't really make sense. And you know, I have his my own like bias against him for how he talks about the Knicks, where he's like a quote unquote former Knicks fan. And now he's a Laker fan, and he always down talks the Knicks for whatever reason. Um, and that's like his whole like persona. But I've always felt that like when I watch the show, um, when I have watched the show, that when they have him talking about anything except for um Boston or MMA, when they have him talking about the NFL, whenever they have him talking about MLB, the very few times they talk about MLB, MLB. But most of all, when he's talking about basketball, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Like, I think one time he said, like, when he was talking about, like, the the Warriors, 
you know, Warriors have great shooters. This was at the time when Kevin Durant was still on Warriors. So they had Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and Klay Thompson, all phenomenal scorers. And it was just like, who would you want taking a last second shot? And he said Andre Iguodala, who wasn't really known for his shooting prowess. So that would became like a viral tweet. Um, but you could tell like the chemistry between him and Stephen A. Just like I think when did he start? Like seven, seventeen, twenty seventeen. It's it's just never been there. Like Stephen A. had that kind of um, he 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 has yet to um find the same type of chemistry that he had with a Skip Bayless. But Skip Bayless is not coming back. He has his own show. And Stephen A. Smith has his own show, so there's no way one of them was going to leave their own show to come back to each other. So it'd be interesting to see how he, how he, you know, how he's replaced. Um, but I'm not too certain about, you know, the Michael Irving, Michael Irving and um, Magic Johnson, if that's, that's the people that replace him. I'm not sure who would replace him, but who knows? We'll, we'll see down the line. And Rachel Nichols, they announced like they were gonna cancel the jump. They were gonna re, um, start a whole new uh, NBA show. Um, the word is like they're gonna do it more like NFL Live. Um, whereas like the jump was kind of like it seemed kind of like inform informal, and um, you know, guys just sitting around with her as the host and. You know, these random basketball players just talking about the different basketball topics of the day or, you know, whatever they felt like talking about. And they're going to change that up. And if you watch NFL Live, it's just like a panel with, you know, one main host, three analysts, and they would just go through game by game and talk about the different stuff going on around the league. It wouldn't be none of this, um, uh, narrative stuff that we've been talking about for a while, but it was just interesting because Nichols and Kellen, Kellerman have been known to just have, like, such um, inexcusable and unrelenting hate towards the Knicks um, or bias towards the Knicks. So Knicks fans were kind of rejoicing that we were getting both of our, like, enemies out of here. And... um it was interesting because and it's like, yeah, we got to hype up not even just people losing their jobs, but like there are a lot of things to be positive about as a Nick fan right now. And we don't want to hear it from people that were usually like, again, Richard Nichols was like the narrative where it's like the Knicks or whatever, whatever, whatever. just like saying just like narrative stuff. Uh, but there's a lot of positive things to think about uh, as a Nick fan, like with the uh, Julius Randall extension. Mm-hmm. It's one thing, you know, you don't have to worry about like, uh, the negative stuff constantly when you watch uh, ESPN. Um, I mean, maybe the next, you know, the replacement will, but, uh, you know, as ESPN goes, um, they seem to go away from the numbers that are more about, like, the narratives. Uh, so, Julius, uh, you know, we, we got a Julius Randall extension. Um, we had that to look forward to with the next. I mean, we're already into it. The season starts uh, in six weeks already, which is crazy. Not even. Is it six weeks? Yeah, some of that. The 20th of October, if you do the math. Yeah. 
and it's, it's funny as hell too because um this guy um somebody on twitter was starting this whole conspiracy about how you know caa runs the knicks and they're um using espn to start some kind of like narrative about zion williamson coming to the knicks which is crazy and they feel like it's a espn product when Zion Williamson has said things like, oh, my favorite place to play is Madison Square Garden. And he had to quickly, like, clarify um, outside of New Orleans. Um, also, the fact okay. that, like, the Pelicans have been, like, run, ran, have been run, like, atrociously since he's been drafted. So that also might factor into him not wanting to be there and um CAA has been uh agency talent agency for decades so um of course they have a lot of clients and they had a lot of clients which also included like Max Kellerman and Rachel Nichols if I'm not mistaken so (laughs) these are people who've ran a whole bunch of narratives saying how bad the Knicks are and how much of um, a destination they aren't. So I just thought it was funny that all that stuff happened in one week. But now on to some Kevin Smith. Is he CAA? I don't know. All right. So, uh, Shug, uh, a funny thing about like DVDs and stuff. It's a weird thing to bring up, but. Uh, the first two DVDs I ever got was Ghostbusters, and I also got Mallrats. Mallrats was like for my eleventh, I don't know, my tenth birthday. I got it, and um, which is a weird thing to get, right? Like, but uh, it wasn't just a movie. It was a movie, you know, it's Kevin Smith's movie Mallrats. But you also had bonus features. You had links on the internet you had all this stuff and i joined up with their website from that dvd mm-hmm. and basically in 1999 um i got linked into the, the whole like you know social media back then and um years later i i joined myspace because of jay muse who plays a character in our kevin smith universe kevin smith uh, what do you think about when you, when you hear the name Kevin Smith? What do you think of? Oh, um, at first it was Silent Bob. Like I was shocked to see that he was the same person I directed a movie. Like my first Kevin Smith movie was Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Um, mm, wow. Okay. I'd never seen any other other movies. Um, I didn't even know like it was a sequel or anything. I was I wasn't even aware of what they like struck back at. Just remember me and my cousin, we used to go to the movies like every Tuesday, um every Tuesday evening, like after I used to go to like the eye doctor because I had like vision problems. So I used to go to the SUNY optometry school every Tuesday mm-hmm. and then we walk down and either if you know New York City, 42nd Street, you got um, what used to be Lowe's. Um, it's now Regal on one side of the street. And then you had Empire 25 AMC on the other side of the street. So we'd go to either or and um, 
catch movies. And one of the movies we caught was Jay and Silent Bob. And it just seemed like an interesting movie to me. And that's the reason why I saw it. And I became hooked. Um, watched all the other movies. Clerks. Um, Chasing Amy. Um, Dogma. Uh, a couple times. Um, More Rats. It seemed like kind of like a different Kevin Smith movie. Um, Clerks 2, which was my second time seeing um, a Kevin Smith movie in the theaters. And then I also saw a movie that I know he didn't have like a great time making um, because of his star, which was Bruce Willis in Cop Out. But I always enjoyed that movie. I always quote the movie. But that was on like one of his first movies where he kind of did like a studio movie and it wasn't something like he wrote it was just him like directing it um and then it kind of like inspired him to like just kind of go back to what he knew which was making his own stuff and then he kind of started to experiment with stuff but i'm pretty sure we're gonna get to that in a little bit yeah um you brought it up already with the cop-out thing uh i was remembering this i was gonna bring it up because we, we we mentioned years ago i mean not years ago but like a year ago uh, greatest experiences with like celebrities and then we also brought up like our like least favorable moments and i was like bruno is probably going to be brought up with the uh, cop out because uh, Co- uh, kevin smith had did not have a good time it, it spoiled sort of the whole idea of like you know oh i remember die hard he had this whole thing where he wanted to do more rats uh die hard in the mall like he was like and then he actually met the guy and i was like oh shoot but let's go back to the beginning Let's go back to Clerks. Okay. Clerks, I have, the, I have, I have them all here. Uh, if you can see, we're doing a visual here. But uh, Clerks, uh, we talked about Quentin Tarantino. Um, he wrote all these movies, screenplays, while he was a clerk at a video store. Um, you know, he worked on like, screenplays and stuff and tried to, he shopped it around and he sold one of them. And, but he had many other things that he uh, wrote that he that later on got worked into things that we enjoyed later on on a major mo- motion picture level. Uh, you got to show respect to Kevin Smith because Clerks was thirty thousand dollar budget. He sold. Uh, he was a comic book guy. If you look around here, I have all this comic book stuff. If you can around here, he sold his whole collection from the eighties and the early nineties. Um, thirty thousand K was the production. He he worked at a convenience store, and uh, we we're all familiar with working at a retail. Um, we can relate to that. So they would film at night. So he'd be up for like a couple days, like filming at night, and then like working during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, which is very you can respect that you know, and it's again you know New Jersey area. Uh. But you gotta remember, this is the early '90s, and why I wanted to talk about it was we talk about social media all the time, memes and gifs and stuff. Uh, Kevin Smith was talking about Star Wars in his dialogue, and you knew it was his dialogue, much like Tarantino. You knew it's Tarantino dialogue, and he he was talking about Star Star Wars, and one of the things that came out was like, "Hey, you work at the." Uh, Death, Death Star, you know, it's like 
hey, is, is this your job? You know, you don't really believe, well, you, you can get into it, but he's like, you know, like those guys died. Those carpenters died on, you know, he, he was doing these like weird adjacent like pop culture references and stuff. And this was like, you know, 30 years ago. Um, and it's things that later on we would all joke about on the internet. And he actually had one of the earliest communities that I was involved with was Vuesk Universe. And if you have like most of these movies, uh, they're part of the Vuesk Universe, Vuesk, and um, which is ironic because he was making fun of not making fun, but he was like using Marvel comics, he was using Star Wars. And they kind of used his universe. And also Quentin Tarantino had his own universe too, where you would have the Vega brothers and stuff like possibly in different universes, uh, the same universe. So he would have um, one character from one movie in another one and he would bring it up and like he owned the rights of these characters. And that's like the, the idea of like caring about owning like if me and you made a movie and like no no we need to know like B- Billy the Blue Boy we need to have his rights like we need to know who he is we have to own him and then we use him in different things like just a character like a weird character he had that and then Mallrats was like multiple characters and you said that uh, Jane Saw and Bob was the first one you saw that was like my peak because I watched uh, Clerks when I you know was very young and I watched it on TV and I like someone rented it. And then I watched it when I wasn't supposed to. I had all these movies and just like, it felt so like I shouldn't be watching this, you know, because like Clerks was 93. I think I saw it in like 98, 99. And I was like, wow, like that. But the way they talked, the way he used uh, the same dialogue in each movie, um, I was like, you can like act the same way. It was kind of like the next generation after Spielberg, you know, where it's like, or those type of guys like George Lucas and everything. And they just watched those movies and already like Kevin Smith was getting, he was at the cons already. They were talking about all these, like this one guy from Jersey, like, you know, yeah, of course now it would have just been a YouTube video, um, you know, but he put the money up there and was, uh, it was pretty, you know, it it was really exciting. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm really it's a, it's like honestly exciting that you got excited about it. Jay and Silent Bob starts back because uh, that was like eight years, which seems like not a long time. But he had one, two, three, four, like four movies um, come out during that time. Uh, of course, I'm, we're doing audio now, but like in the video, visual. These characters, you know, we have Jane Silent Bob, very, very popular guys. You mentioned Jane Silent Bob, you know who they are. That's like Bart Simpson. You mentioned that character, you know, you know who they are. Those, um, so like, I started chasing Amy one time. I think my mom was watching Chasing Amy, and I was like, "What's this?" And I walked by while she was watching it. And it was a scene where he's doing the whole Chasing Amy thing, where he's like explaining it, and I was like, "This seems important." You know, I was like eight. I was like, this seems important. It reminded me of like uh, when I snuck in and saw uh, Pulp Fiction too. You know, not to the same level. I mean, as I got older, I realized that like they're on the same level. The idea of like 
owning your own characters, your own voice. Um, and of course, we can mention Miramax. Like they worked with Miramax the same way. They gave them the chance, but I mean, at the time, you got to respect that. Um, but yeah, Clerks was a big deal that I think it's, um, at this point, it's not as talked about, it, but it, sh- it should be because we're almost at 30 years from when it came out. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, yeah, and then he went from uh, talking about, in Clerks 1, the original, he, f- he filmed what he knew. You know, it's like us doing a show about where we were, you know, let's say like a club show. And then four episodes, four movies later, he's doing like a whole thing where he grew up on. Like he's talking about a Catholic thing or uh, some type of religious thing with dogma. And it's the same characters. It's just like, you know, I don't, that would never happen again. That's never, that wouldn't happen again with like someone getting that much money to like, you know, I think it's important to bring up. Mm-hmm. What do you think? No, no, I'm just listening to you and I'm riveted by your enthusiasm as I'm by it. <laughs> you don't think about the di- the dialogue and tone of Kevin Smith. I know that it's like you can say one thing where it's like, okay, ch- childish humor um, or like lowbrow humor or taking fart jokes. Sorry, no offense. I don't even know. Taking fart jokes. But I also like comics. So at the same time, when I started getting into movies, when I was like eight, uh, my older brother got me into comics. And there was this thing where it was mature comics were out. I'm sure you know uh, Watchmen and stuff like that, but like in the late 90s, um, comics were dead. Um, uh, Nylon? Not Nylon. Is it Nylon? Yeah, well, someone owned Marvel. It was like Nylon, the, the stockings company. And they were like, all right, we'll sell it, whatever. And Marvel was done. Um, DC almost bought it. Now Marvel's owned by DC, but they were like, oh, what are we going to do? Um, they gave opportunities to different weird you know, writers, and they gave Daredevil to Kevin Smith. And that's some of the mm-hmm. earliest members where Kevin Smith was allowed to take a property and just like have free range with it. So he took Daredevil, turned it into Marvel Knights, which 25 years later became the Marvel Netflix series. Um, you know, they had the Daredevil Punisher and stuff. That was like, it was one of his things he did. Um, you know, just the whole idea of like, you know, instead of it being like our episode you know, issue 400, 401, 402, he actually, like, stopped it. It was still 400, but he, like, changed it to one, two, three, four, five, six, but it was, like, actual stories and stuff, and the dude was, like, 26 years old. I gotta remember that. Kevin Smith was young, man, and when the clerks came out, he was, like, 23 years old. Um, so he sold all his comics, ended up, like, writing comics. He also did uh, Green Arrow, and that became a CW show. He also did Batman, finally, um, and he did it where it was weird, where it was Batman, like, you know, not just the normal Batman. Like he was like, how do you, how does Batman pee? All right. So then how does Batman like go to the bathroom? So, you know, it's weird because how many times can you write about Batman? 
Um, but he did that stuff. Uh, of course, um, that was later on. I mean, he, we can get into the whole Superman lives. This young guy in his 20s was, was attached to the new Superman, which we eventually talk about when we, we will talk about, you know, we, we talk about Richard Donner. Uh, we'll work on the video of that, but Superman was going to come out again in the 90s. And uh, much like Tim Burton, a young face, Kevin Smith was supposed to be, he was attached to Superman. And like, I couldn't imagine myself at like 26, like, save Superman. Like, oh my goodness. Could you imagine that? Like, right now, like, someone will come at you and just be like, can you save Pokemon? Or something, weird, <laughs> something weird like that. Like, weird, like, I, I would try and they would, they would, I would try and let them hate, hate me for it. And for me, it's still fake. You know what I mean, though, right? Well, but think about it, though. It's, it's pretty, um, I mean, I will say this. I respect the heck out of all the different interweaving storylines inter before it was possible to bring up um, different universes and different uh, properties talking about like he had Stanley talk about he talked about uh, dead things dork I don't want to say it but um, this was the 90s like it wasn't that wasn't a thing yet um i just think it didn't age as gracefully as you know i think our shows do i don't think like it aged as much as it uh, could have um but i don't knock it because no one else was doing it uh you can see roger you know roger corman was doing like weird b movies and stuff kevin smith was like doing major motion pictures um, and then to top it all off, the first one you saw was James Bob Strikes Back. And it's a, the end of a whole line of movies that you never even saw. And then you, you were captivated by it. I think it's fascinating. That, 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 that's, um, that just shows you like from that moment, you had another decade of movies. You had um, Kevin Smith trying to branch out into other Hollywood movies. Okay, we can talk about Jersey Girl, hmm. Catherine Geely. Didn't work out. I have right, it's right here behind Clerks too. Uh, that didn't work out. I bought everything because much before we had uh, social media with like uh, people talking, you had you had Laserdisc and DVD do you, um, do, commentary tracks. Do you ever link up with the other two people I saw that movie? <laughs> <laughs> what is this uh do you have the giants uh new york giants made up with the san francisco giants when they come into town um but yeah so jersey girl didn't work out um and you had you know other things then he went back to clerks clerks too but then he made cop out cop out you saw right that that was that seemed to be a very um it, it turned him off from Wanted to be in Hollywood, Kevin Smith, which that's, sucks. That's crazy. He had, because the movie is hilarious to me. It's so quotable. Tracy, yeah. The goal, um, whatchamacallit. It was a, um, Scarface from Half Big was like the bad guy in it. it was, Tracy Morgan was golden in it. Um, but, you know, in, in retrospect, Bruce Willis, it, it seemed like he was kind of 
bored by the role. So Bruno. Yeah, so it kind of um translated on screen, but overall, like it's still like a very watchable and entertaining movie to me. I didn't even know that Kevin Smith um directed it until I think after it came out, and I was like, wow. Yeah, from there though, he did a bunch of indie movies, um, and it was kind of like he was like, I'm tired. Um, so he was doing like indie movies, and you know he was. You know, doing that thing, but to carry on from the DVD um, bonus features, because he was in Laserdisc, he was doing uh, commentary from Clerks in '95, which is like you know 20 at this as we record 26 years ago. Jay Muse is, is on it. Uh, everyone's on, like even like I think at one point Ben Affleck is on. He's on that, or he's on, you know, he's on Mole Rats, of course, because he's in it. But he's like, they just filmed Chasing Amy. And he's like, I hope Chasing Amy is a thing. You know, I hope it works out. But it's like they, re- they have it on audio, like it's on the DVD and the laser disc and all that. But then from there, he had the View Universe, where I was up all day long. I'd be like, going on, I was going on wrestling stuff. This is, you know, like nine years old, going on wrestling, dirt sheets, going on View Skew um you know looking up like when's the next thing come out um you know that's like you know that's a long time ago i don't age myself uh and then that turned into um these dvds where he would do like one man shows and like uh, q a's uh he talked about um the failed projects like he did a failed project with prince um and everyone just was like you know then i guess it was in like college or something uh, I remember like, wow, it comes out, right? Oh, yeah, my friend, uh, our friend got it. And we're like, oh, yeah, we're going to borrow it. So we borrowed like the DVD of the one-man show. And that turned into what we're doing right now, podcast. That turned into, he was one of the earliest podcast guys. Uh, Smogcast, uh, right after Adam Carolla. So like he was like one of the earliest guys to do it. Um, I mean, I don't, you know, I didn't really... Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, I'm not really into it anymore with like you know, comics and stuff like that, but I do respect the whole process of it. Um, and then we just a couple of weeks ago, we saw the Clerks 3 photo. We have Rosario Dawson's back. Uh, we have, uh, yeah, man, I'm not even supposed to be here today. And goddamn, I mean, that's that's the, the that's our motto, you know, Clerks. Oh, I'm not even supposed to be here today, man. Uh, Dante Hicks, jeez, man, that character is like me to a T. Um, you know, Brian O'Halloran. Yeah, Brian O'Halloran. Uh, you know, again, a local guy. You know, uh, Jersey area. He has the House of Pain shirt on, which is like my you know, rap favorite groups. Um, but what, it, what? One of the most famous things from there was talking about Star Wars. Who else talked about Star Wars before Clerks and Jaws? Talk about Jaws too. Um, it's the whole, you know, like I'm trying to think of the word, but besides having a show, he put this whole thing on film, and people were like, "All right, this is cool," you know. Talking about talking about a property 
that already exists is taken for granted now. And um, I'm not a big fan of him watching react his reaction videos <laughs> makes me feel ugh. Right? What do you think about those? Are you, are you are you charmed by it, or do you think it's kind of he's getting paid for it and it's annoying? I don't know. No, no comment on that. I don't know what you're Kevin Smith about. does these like reaction videos. Okay. Kevin Smith does reaction videos, and he's like, uh, I respect him and everything, but he's like, like he gets all like emotional and stuff, and you know I would too, but it was the first time I'm aware that he is. Yeah, he should be more like. Might have to check this out. You never saw that? Oh, I'm super. I'm super. Mm, song no, I don't know if this. you want to. I don't know if you should watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it, it, but the whole point of Kevin Smith is uh, the VSQ universe. There are projects that came out based on just the idea of like, oh yeah, it's part of like I bought this, and it was like a you know. Old an expensive movie. It was like 30 bucks. And had, it was like the idea of in the same universe. And now we talk about the, the variants and multiverse. They were doing this shit five, 25 years ago. And like that's why it's like, wow, like you you could have like Dante. You know, dudes playing different characters in different movies too. Like um Yeah, so you you uh what's the one Jason um Jason Lee would he he played like four different characters. Yeah, you had he'd be Brody, and then he'd be the uh, devil guy, and it's like, uh, well, that's, I mean, that's exactly what comic book fans were all about, and he in, implemented it in his stories, um, and it's like he, you know, he did it. So like, I like it. You know, it's like, let's see how Clark's three is. I know you saw the. Um, did you see it, the third one? The the um, the reboot. Yeah, I was underwhelmed by it, right. but I enjoyed the message of it. You're under you're underwhelmed by, it, but I didn't see it. Uh, you were underwhelmed by it. it. Came out what a year ago, or was it two years ago? It came out like 2019. Sometime. Yeah, right it was, before it was. It was meant to be like a. Uh, commentary on just the idea of like rebooting or um all of these different like movie franchises where they just rehash the same thing over and over it was meant to be like a commentary like that's what I thought like the approach should have been but it became more of a, like a parody which was you know not what the Jane Silent Bob Strikes Back was where it was a commentary about how you know um the film industry basically takes all of these like intellectual properties and then um tries to milk them for you know everything that's worth even at the sake of um uh uh this uh distancing fans from it or fans just distancing themselves from something that they loved because now it's become something they dislike so I guess in a way like Jay and Silent Bob reboot kind of accomplished that because I was kinda, I'm kind of looking at it like uh, this 
this is something I wanted, but now that I have it, I don't really think it's not what I wanted. Mm. Um, more rats. If you watch it now, I don't know how great it is. I haven't seen it in a long time. This, I fell in love with filmmaking because of this. A guy, this, I watched this movie maybe a hundred times, commentary, um, different angles, uh, them making fun of the movie of, that they made. Like, oh, like, like you would see like, oh, we came in the wrong, they would like talk about, they came into the wrong frame. Like, oh, I fucked that up. Um, and of course, it's like, you know, the cover of it is a parody of Star Wars, which is like, all we talk about is referencing stuff. And it's, you know, it's Gen X. We're not Gen X, but we are highly influenced by that. Um, I think um, Kevin Smith should pull back and rem- and then we should remember all the, the early days of the uh, Kevin Smith stuff. Um, I know, um, of course, we talk about Quentin Tarantino and Miramax and stuff. And he, he kind of disavowed almost all the stuff. And he's like, oh, you know, because of the Weinstein stuff. Sad. But, um, you know, they, that got him the opportunity, you know, to... Um, who else would have gotten an opportunity pre-YouTube? All right, well, let's get this guy a... Um, Motion picture, yeah, you know, in theaters. How many theaters? Uh, a thousand theaters, twenty thousand theaters. Whoa, like, you know, that's 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 crazy. Uh, the next thing you would say from that was um, like freaks and geeks. It was like the next thing where it's like, oh, I give this guy a show. And it was more like, um, you know, Kevin Smith was able to. Uh, he sold all his comics to make his own movie. That he was really into at the time and from there he started writing comics now he's part of the marvel dc other you know lexicon that's that is that the reason why we're doing this it's just like wow be part of the part of the pop culture that we talk about i want to be part of it you know all right mike <laughs> i'm afraid to ask what uh, final thoughts this will be <laughs> You're afraid to ask. Why? Um, we have but so many hours left in a day. <laughs> um, can you say it? I can't say it. Ah, fuck it. I can't say it. Uh, final thoughts. I'm gonna say. Um, it's the audio experience. I'm gonna do a <laughs> shout out to uh, Charlie Watts from the Rolling Stones. I, I was lucky enough to see them. I grew up listening to Stones. Uh, I saw them two years ago, last August. Um, but you know, like just a drum, he was a drummer. Like you, you don't really see him. You know, Mick Jagger, you know Keith Richards and stuff. Um, but when I was commuting uh, to work, man, Jesus, I would listen to the Stones all the time, and I would edit mixes, and I would like elongate, and I would like mix different songs. And um, one of these days, you guys might hear one of my mixes that are like, it's a, it, they're, they're a trip. And uh, I listened to the drum so many times and, and I was, you know, you know, just someone who passed away that, you know, music soundtrack to, uh, well, you know, soundtrack to, to my life. 
uh, which is, you know, classic rock, big deal with me. Um, I also want to get involved with this t-shirt we have here. Um, you guys, I already hyped up There's a bunch of guys out there. Um, well, you, you don't see it, you might not see it, but you DM me, we talk about, we've been talking about this stuff. You guys support me, support us. Uh, it, it reminds me of why I'm doing this. And it's like, wow, you actually remember that. Wow, cool, good, you know, thanks. Um, and you know, it means a lot, it's a Sunday night. I'm a little tired, but uh, I'm so happy that me and Shook got the record Route 66, episode 66. We're gonna be on the road next week. And I don't know what's going to happen. No, 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 I'm saying. Well, we're going to have a great time. Uh, we're talking about, you know, Cubs game. We're going to talk about um, uh, pro wrestling. We, we're going to see so many shows that shows going to be sick of me. We might have to do another hiatus because I have tickets to all these random wrestling shows that I'm like, hey, you want to go to the show at like 11 o'clock at night? And he's like, no. I'm like, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> you know, I'll see you. You know, like it's one of those weird things where it's like, oh, this is next door. Oh, we're going the whole thing. So I'm excited for that. Um, I mean, I'm excited, and uh, I just want to be upfront about it. With um, a year and a half doing this show, man, it's exciting. I want to be. I wouldn't be doing all this stuff if it wasn't for the show. So I'm excited. Show. Yeah. Um. Well. Episode 66. We're here. Route 66. Um, we've got um a lot of stuff up on the YouTube channel. We got a new shirt. Hopefully, we'll be putting out on the out on the market. If you know anybody's interested or not, like hit us up, DM us. You know, we're on Instagram and we're on Twitter at Sugar Me the Mooney on both. Um, I'm excited for Chicago because hopefully we'll interact with a lot of new people and we'll be able to get some new eyes and ears on our program here. So I'm excited for that. Um, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And this has been episode 66 of Shug Me the Mooney. Shug Me the Mooney. Shug Me the Mooney. <laughs>